I have on the board there, or on the screen there, um, the topic for tonight. So this is kind of a two-parter. So it's questions that require an answer. And so this one is, is, what about other religions? So next week it'll be, what about other denominations, right? Or Christian denominations, right? Because that's, you get kind of, you may have heard one of these two questions, you know, why, why is Jesus the only way, right? That's, that's sometimes people's bristle with Christianity is, well, we're exclusive, right? You have to believe in Jesus to get to heaven. So people get offended by the ex exclusivity of, it, of that piece, right? Because it's like, look, you have to believe in Jesus to get it. That's the only way. And so other religions are like, well, what about all the other gods and this, that, and the other, right? So as we encounter, maybe we've already encountered these types of questions, right? Hopefully we can um, give you some background and not, we're not here to learn. This isn't like a, a, a religion, like learn all the religions in, in a day class, right? So really what it is, is we want, we want to be able to explain why Christianity is the right one, right? And why the other ones, where they fail at explaining who God is, how you get into heaven, how, how you do these certain things, right? So that's what this class will be more focused on this, this tonight for tonight. So does anybody want to take a guess about how many religions there are in the world? 350. 350, I got 350. 350. Right here, right here. So what do you, what do you say, Robin? Uh, less than that. Two hundred and fifty. All right, Chuck. What do you think? I'll say about eighty. Eighty, Bob. What do you think? You can't look. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. So, what did you? What do you think? With it before you look at the answer, you saw the slide there. What do you think? Everybody had already guessed. So, yeah. 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 So, so I already seen it, so I couldn't guess. Forty-three hundred Yeah. So there are roughly forty-three hundred religions by 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 counts of people who count these things. Now, I'm not sure. I, I didn't look and see 100% if it was, if they're counting like every Christian dom denomination, you know, or if it's like Christianity is one like bucket. Yeah, right. Or, or if it's Christianity is one big bucket, you know, Islam, this, that, and the other, right? So, but there are many, 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 many religions all over the world. When you look at all the sects and cults that call themselves a religion, they're probably including that. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna get maybe a, a very cut down of you know, there may be a few people or whatever, right? So, but there are four hundred and thirty, you know, four thousand three hundred different kind of main beliefs. And again, if even in Christianity, we'll get to it next week. There's a whole lot of different denominations in Christianity by themselves, right? And so. We need to kind of figure out and answer why Christianity, right? What's, why can't I just believe in this or believe this person or follow that person, right? Why can't I just follow Odin or Thor or, or, or Neptune or, you know, Zeus or whoever, right? Because there's other gods that have been ex in existence even before Christianity, you know, but Christ, before he walked the earth and all that. So how do we do this? How do we explain or answer that Christianity is the only way? Right? We can't just say, I don't know. We can't say, well, I don't know. It just works for me. Like, this is what I like, right? Because then it's sort of like you're asking, well, what's your favorite ice cream flavor? You know, chocolate. Why? I don't know. I just like it. 
you know, I don't like pistachios. I don't like whatever, right? But, but I like chocolate's my favorite. And so we need to have an example. We need to have, be able to explain the differences between the main religions. And so again, this isn't about like dumping everything about Hinduism on you in one night, in 10 minutes really, right? Because it'd do all of them. Um, so what we're gonna look at though is, is five to seven main religions that we can kind of look at and then we'll, we'll kind of look at as we go through what the differences are between Christianity and, and, and those, those religions. So I'm going to include atheism as well because it, regardless of what they want to say in a sense, it meets all the criteria for being a religion. Right? I didn't write them down, but I know it's basically they have a dogma. They have certain things to say. They have certain things, things they believe, right? So if you look at what makes a religion, atheism technically is a religion, whether they want to say it is or not. They just don't believe in God or a God, right? Because it's against theism or against God, right? That's what the A means, right? So, so we've got it broken up into three or four main sections. So we have the first one up is the monotheistic religions, right? So this is one God, right? So monotheistic means there's one God. And so Christians, so Christianity, since we're Christians, we're going to get to that one first, right? So we believe in one eternal God who is creator of all that is, right? He is viewed as a loving God who offers everyone a personal relationship with himself now in this life, right? And I think there's a, there's a little picture I have next on that one kind of representing that right so we have an arrow they have an arrow or he has an arrow we have an arrow he comes down we go up so he we we worship an infinite and personal god right it's a he and i can send these out to you guys that's afterwards right too but and i always say that but i never do it so i can but i'll actually believe it i was thinking that but i didn't want to say it. it's okay i i know i know my faults i know my fault i'm just trying to figure out where to put this at where the I should put it in my on the Google Drive thing. <laughs> right? So we have a personal He's God is a he. He's somebody we can approach. Right? We can go before God. And with Christ, right? Because we worship Jesus Christ, who is the second person of the Trinity. Right? He is God the Son. Right? That's, so we take our name from, from his, his title, right? Because Christ is the, the Greek version of Messiah, right? The Savior. And so he did not think of himself as a prophet or a god or, or, excuse me, a prophet or just a teacher, right? He just wasn't, he wasn't the guy who had all the answers, right? He was God all on earth teaching you because he made, he, he made the answers, right? He didn't make up the answers. He made the answers, right? There's a difference. So Jesus claimed to be God, right? We have the I am statements. We have the, you know, the I am the bread of life. I am, I am the water. I am the bread, I am the way, right? All those I am statements, right? You don't say that I am in that context without referencing that you are God, right? That's, that's the importance of those, that phrasing is he was saying, I am the I am from Exodus 3, right? When, at the burning bush, right? So he performed miracles, he forgave people their sins. And what was the most important thing he did for us? He died, for, he died for our sins, right? He died for us on the cross, for his people, 
to make the whole world to make the whole world right. right? He didn't just he died and, and saved people from from a eternal torment. But he also basically when he did that he fixed the world which is now coming right in the revelation. And so hopefully this part is easy, right? Because you have to believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins. He paid for your sin debt three days later because the next important part is what? He did what? He rose. He rose. He was resurrected. Right? He didn't just, he didn't fake die. He didn't just pass out. Right? All those theories have been debunked. And again, that's in the, in the, uh, oh, what is it? We just talked about last week. The Lee Strobel book. We have him back there. But anyway, that's one of the things he looked at. He's like, well, couldn't he just died? Couldn't he just like passed out? Couldn't he? It's called the swoon theory. And they're like, no, he died. He, he would have died. There's no way you're coming back from that, right? So he was gone. They didn't, they didn't steal his body, right? And the gospel writers are very important about that to say his tomb was sealed, right? And there was, it was sealed and guarded. So nobody could have snuck in and rolled this gigantic rock away. Stole his body, put everything back without anybody knowing about it. Right? We're talking a rock on rocks, not like rocks like a door. Right? It's a giant rock. So that's Christianity. Hopefully we all, we all know that one. That should be an easy kill. So the next one, what do you guys think is the next one? Oh, not Buddhism. That was way too far. No. Judaism, right? We're still in this monotheistic overview, right? So the three monotheistic... Um, religions are Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Right? So they all, we all worship one God. And so Judaism is next. So it's one God, Yahweh, right? So that way we're the same. Right? They're still waiting on the Messiah, though. They think that Jesus was not the Messiah or he was a false Messiah. And so they follow the law or the Torah, the teaching, to varying degrees, right? So you have your really uh, conservative or orthodox sects who are extremely kosher, right? The kosher law, meaning you have a countertop for anything meat. You have a countertop for like vegetables, dairy, whatever, right? All the cooking laws, all the dietary laws, all the stuff you have to do, all the Sabbaths. They follow those things to the letter and what they think is that if, if the whole generation or a whole generation is following the law completely, then the Messiah will come. <clears throat> and one of the rabbis, I think it was the 90s, he actually said, oh, the Messiah is going to come like next week or whatever. Of course, they didn't. And interestingly enough, though, Judaism is both a religion and ethnicity. So you can have people who are atheistic Jews because it. They're identifying as a Jewish person, meaning, you know, just like, oh, I'm, I'm an American or I'm Scottish or whatever. I'm a Jew. I'm Jewish. But my religion, my religious affiliation is I don't have a God. Right. So they can be an atheistic Jew. And that's completely normal. It sounds weird because a lot of times we think that Judaism. And again, if we're talking Judaism, that's more of the religion aspect of it. All right. But so it's both a religion and an ethnicity. Right. So. And we have the Old Testament. So the Old Testament that we have is their Bible, is their, their holy scripture, right? So that's how our DNA is interwoven with the Jews. And then next you have the, the Muslims or Islam. 
So they also believe in one God, but their God is named Allah. Right? So many things have been pointed to that Allah was actually a moon God because way back, all the Near Eastern people, they, had, they were polytheistic. Right? So they had a lot of different gods. So they, for however reason, Allah got put up above all everybody else. So that he becomes the one God when Muhammad pretty much invented uh, Islam, right? It's very similar to the Joseph Smith story uh, that Muhammad was illiterate. He went to a cave, an angel, I think it was Gabriel, supposedly gave him all the words of the Quran. So somehow it was written down when he didn't know how to write or read. So Allah is viewed as the creator of the universe, the source of all good and all evil, right? So that's the difference between how we see God and how they see God, right? Because God is not the author. Yahweh is not the author of evil. Evil is a choice that people make. But here it seems like Allah is, a, is making it happen, not just allowing it to happen necessarily. And everything that happens is Allah's will. Right? He's a powerful and strict judge who will be merciful toward followers depending on their sufficiency of their life's good works and religious devotion. Right? So it's their, their whole thing, just like Judaism, is all works-based. If you follow all the laws 99% of the time, then you're good. You slip up. Now you got to figure out how to repent or whatever it is, or you're going to be punished. Yeah, there's different things to that, but... That's kind of the basis, right? So though a Muslim honors several prophets, obviously Muhammad is considered the last prophet and his words or lifestyle are that person's authority. So to be a Muslim, so here, this is, I didn't, I, don't put, I didn't put this on the slide, but to be a Muslim, one must follow the five religious duties. So one, repeat a creed about Allah and Muhammad, recite certain prayers in Arabic five times a day, give to the needy one month each year, Fast from food, drink, sex, and smoking from sunrise to sunset. So just during the day. Pilgrimage once in one's lifetime to worship at a shrine in Mecca, right? So that big black, I forget what it's called, but there's a huge black stone. I think Muhammad's buried there, I think, or something, I believe. But anyway, they all have to go there and they walk around. Like that's the, the pilgrimage. They have to go there and, and I don't know how many times, if it's a certain amount of times, or but they got to go to that. So sometimes you can tell by their name, forget what's on it. They add to their name if they've been there. So if they've been on their pilgrimage, they have like an extra little chunk on the back end of their name that, that lets everybody know like, hey, I went. Like, this is my t-shirt that I get to wear all the time. <clears throat> so you go there and at death, you're based, based on one's faithfulness to these duties, a Muslim hopes, hopes to enter paradise. So you don't even know. Right, so what's the one glaring thing with that? So a Muslim hopes to enter paradise if you've done these things. So there's no faith. Right, you're a slave and you're, you're hoping. And what do we say about hope all the time, right? Hope is not a plan of action, right? And because the thing is, with Christianity, you have a certainty, right? We have a certainty from Jesus that he died on the cross and he died for you. So you are saved and you will enter paradise, right? And so, again, when we're talking to Muslims. If you meet Muslims or people who want to 
throw these things out there like, well, what's wrong with Islam? This is a guessing game, right? And I think that some people either confuse or some Christian denominations kind of use this as well, right? If you are obedient, if you are legalistic and follow the rules that we don't really have to follow, then maybe, hopefully, you'll get in. If not, you'll be eternally punished on hell. So it's almost like there's not even an answer key. You know, there's no test. If I take a test, at least I know what I got to take to pass the test, right? I need to get a 70 or whatever. And I probably, at least, I know what they study for at least. But here it's like, well, you might, depending on how the teacher's feeling that day, grade your test harder or easier. And so for many people, Islam matches their expectations about religion and deity. So Islam teaches that there's one supreme deity, right? So this is the monotheistic piece of it. They see Jesus as a, a one of the prophets. They don't think he was the son of God. They don't think that the son of God would have been humiliated on the cross. So some of them, some, some, some stories or veins of, of Islam think that Jesus went to the cross and then Judas and Jesus were switched somehow, right? Somehow he was switched and so Judas was actually the one who died on the cross and not Jesus. Why would they take him? Because he was the one who betrayed, oh. betrayed the prophet because the prophets are all like they're special, right? So Muhammad is the last prophet so he's super special because he created the religion. But so they so Jesus is in the is in the Old Testament because the Quran. So Islam was started because of what was perceived as corruption to Judaism by the Christians and the Jews, right? Muhammad was like, "Hey, you guys messed it up, so we're going to make it better." But it's also so it's a return to purity. So it's kind of what the Puritans were trying to do with the Church of England. But so the Quran is very, very similar to the Jewish Old Testament. There's a lot of the same similar stories, but they are from the standpoint or where the, bra the branch goes off with the son Ishmael. They claim their lineage all the way back to Ishmael, who was Abraham's son with Hagar, his servant, his wife's servant, right? Slave, right? Because they couldn't have a baby yet. So, so his wife was like, hey, take her, see if, see if you get pregnant. That way, at least you have a son. But when God said, hey, I'm going to give you Isaac, right? So the war between Islam and Judaism is basically the longest running sibling rivalry in history. Right? That's, I mean, it's very simplistic, but it's sort of the way to look at it. It's a war of the lambs, isn't it? Yeah, right, because, because it all comes down to inheritance. Who's the rightful heir? to Abraham's stuff, right? the land, because the land was promised to Abraham through God. But he said, don't worry, I'm going to take care of them, and I'm going to take care of the Ishmaelites, so the Arabics, essentially. And, and, and he has, right? They have Saudi Arabia. They have all the rest of the Middle East. You know, and there are, there are two sects, there are two larger sects. There are the Sunnis and the Shias. If you hear here on the news, one branch believes that it should be a lineage from Muhammad. I can't remember. I always forget which one. One of them is believes that this, the people who are in charge should be directly descended from Muhammad, or at least descended from in some roundabout way. 
The other one thinks that it should be like a democratic process where, hey, we should at least vote on something to say, you're the person to be in charge. And your lineage doesn't necessarily matter. So, so when you hear the Shia and Sunni fights in the news, that's what it's all about. It's about who is, at least on one level, it's all about who should be in charge of Islam. You know? So that is the, the is, did we see the picture? There should be a picture, right? There we go. I looked at the shrine at the Mecca, it's called the Kabbalah. Yeah, there you go, the Kabbalah, yeah. So that's the big, black, huge stone thing that they walk around. It's massive. But there it is. So Islam is devoted to one transcendent God, but they don't have a trinity. They think, well, they call us as Christians polytheistic, which we'll get into in a minute, because we worship three gods. That's what they think, that they're three individual gods and not three gods in one person, or three persons in one being, right? So, it's, so they, they will try to go back and forth with us about that. So the next group, so that's all the monotheistic religions pretty much. Right, again, next week we're going to talk all about Christianity and we'll get into the different Catholics, um, Protestants, and we'll probably do some Orthodox. I think we'll talk about the Orthodox a little bit too. All right, and get into that. So the Eastern Orthodox Church. We'll, we'll do a sort of a timeline on how it happened. Um, and we'll, so we'll end up talking mostly about the Protestants because that's what we are. So... The polytheistic religions. So the biggest polytheistic religion that there is, the main one we're going to talk about is Hinduism. <clears throat> All right, so polytheistic just means many gods. So if it were still around, right, the Greek religion, the Roman religion before Christianity, uh, the Norse mythology, um, the Chinese get into different, some, some other different stuff, but some of their stuff is a little bit polytheistic as well. Right, so it just means many gods. And usually there's one god, right, because poly means many. <clears throat> so there's usually one god who's the ultimate god, like Zeus is the head god of the Greek pantheon, right? And so in Hinduism, it's Brahman. So he's the being of ultimate oneness through infinite representations of gods and goddesses. And so this is where you get to, if you've seen the, the, the statues of like the elephant with the lots of hands, other things, right? And so these various deities become incarnate, so they become, you know, they have flesh within idols, temples, gurus, rivers, animals, etc., right? So they could inhabit a person, they could inhabit a statue, they could live in the temple, they could, you know, become the cow, whatever, right? And so again, so those cows are, cows are sacred in India, right? Because this is largely found in, in, in India, the, for the bulky bulk is probably the bigger part. I think India, maybe I'm not sure about Pakistan, but I'm sure they're right, right in there. So Hindus believe that their position in this present life was determined by their actions in a previous life, right? So reincarnation and karma, right? So Hinduism therefore provides a possible explanation for suffering and evil in this life. So why did something happen to you? Because you were a bad person. Maybe you're a bad person in the previous life, so now, now you're, not to equate the two of them, right, but now you're being punished, so you're made poor, you're in a lower class of, of people, 
right? Because it's like, well, you screwed up back then, so now we're gonna punish you here. So now you have to earn your way to be good, so the next time you come around, you'll be a rich person, right? That's kind of how they think about it. So if a person's behavior before was evil, they might justifiably experience tremendous hardships in this life. Pain, disease, poverty, or disaster like a flood is deserved by that person because of their own evil actions. Right? So that's, so we have, why do, why do bad things happen to good people? Right? We say, well, because the world is evil, bad things happen, or God is punishing you or trying to teach you something. We say, or they say, the Hindus say that, well, you must have sucked bad in your last life, so now, you're, now your present life is going to suck. Right? That's kind of how I look at it. So a Hindu's goal in their lives is to become free from the law of karma, to be free from the continuous reincarnations, because at some point, their whole thing is that one day you're just going to die and you'll be done. Like, you just, you're, woo! Right, so, again, that probably means you're probably the perfect person. Right, you become perfect. So, this is how they do it. So, Hinduism lets a, this, the website I got all this stuff from says, Hinduism lets a person choose how to work towards spiritual perfection, right? So, it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. So there are three possible ways to end this cycle of karma, right? So one, be lovingly devoted to any of the Hindu deities. Grow in knowledge through meditation of Brahman. And that's oneness, to realize that circumstances in life are not real, that selfhood is an illusion, and only Brahman is real, right? So this is getting rid of self in a sense, right? They're trying to rid themselves of your ego, and then also to be dedicated to various religions, religious ceremonies and rites. So again, we have this workspace scenario. Right? You have to give yourself over to any of the Hindu deities, and there's, a, there's like thousands of them. Right? Or you just meditate on, on oneness and realize it, it's like a mate, light, it's, everything's a matrix, the matrix. Right? And only God is real, or you are... You dedicate and or you dedicate yourself to various religious ceremonies and rites. So again, they have little pieces that sort of seem right, right? You, we, Christianity is very similar, right? Get rid of yourself. Die yourself daily, right? That's what the, Jesus says. And that's why some people even say that the, the... So we have, you know, records of him, of Jesus up to like, what, 12-ish? And then he comes back at like 30? So there's some people who like to say, well, he must have went to the east, to the far east, and hung out with these Hindus and Buddhist people and all that, picked up all these teachings and brought them back and taught that, you know, that their people were trying to, trying to synchronize all these religions, right? So, oh, Jesus was just teaching the same stuff, man. It's cool. And say, no, because it's not, being, it's not about being dedicated to various religious ceremonies. It's not about, because life is real. Right? It'd be great if it wasn't in a way, right? But life is very real. Life sucks sometimes, right? Being a Christian doesn't absolve us from the suckiness, right? It just, it'd be nice if it was, right? But I'm sure everybody would pile in here every Sunday that it's like, what? I can go here and my life becomes super awesomely perfect? But it doesn't happen, right? So the fact that you're kind of hiding, if you're thinking life is not real, because really what it is, is you have to realize God is the one controlling everything. And all the stuff that happens, you know, it's because we have free will 
but he's also keeping things kind of, he's a, he, he, keeping us protected. Right? We're in a cocoon a lot of times. So we still feel effects. You know, it's like we're in sunscreen. We don't get super sunburned, but we get burned, especially if you're like me. Right, and so that's how we can explain certain things to people who maybe talk about Hinduism. And say, oh, I see, so yes, there are similarities, but here are the glaring differences, right? Yes, God is real, Yahweh is real, but so is life. It's not just about meditating, right? It's not just about being one with the universe and you get punished a billion lives because you can't get it, right? I mean, it'd be cool, I guess, if you. Because nowadays you you hear this and it gets a little bit into what towards the end, but you hear sometimes people right. Oh, I've lived a thousand lives. I was this person and that person. You know, even Patton thought that he had been reincarnated, which is weird. He had been descended. He had lived. Thought, like he thought he was Caesar, one of the Caesars, things like that. Like when he went to Carthage, which is North Africa, he was like, I've been here before on this battlefield, and it's in the movie, and it's, it was real life. He's like. So even he kind of thought this way a little bit because he was bringing things in that don't belong, right? We get one life, that's it. One life and that's all. So that's the polytheistics, the bigger polytheistic religion. Because a lot of the other ones, the Greek, the Norse, the Romans, the strict, you know, the actual Roman religion, things like that, they've kind of died out, obviously. People don't really... Now there's kind of an upsurge of people being Thor worshipers and whatnot again, but it's not like a ton. So next we move into the atheisms, the atheistic. All right, so this means zero, no God, there's no God. So the first one is Buddhism. And this is another Eastern religion. So they don't worship any God or gods. There is no structure and so they don't even worship Buddha. It may, like it says here, people may think that if you're not really paying attention, they may think that you worship Buddha. But really what you're trying to do is live, live a life like Buddha. Buddha was like a rich kid. And he said, oh, you guys are, everybody's getting treated terribly. So I want to be nice to them kind of thing. Again, a little bit like Hinduism, they have countless rebirths, right? So they're reincarnation. And again, just like Hinduism, they seek to end these rebirths by being the best person they can be, right? Being the best you. And eventually, you'll, you'll be free from this continuous cycle because you finally figured it out, because you hit that nirvana spot, right? The zen, the complete zen spot. All right, so again, some of this stuff is the same, only with Hinduism, you were at least working towards the oneness of Brahman, the God, God Brahman, here, there is nothing but you, right? And really, with nirvana, there's nothing. So, so they practice through practice meditation, a, per a person may reach nirvana, which is considered the blowing out of the flame of desire. So, you know, they, they, there's been stories of monks that don't eat for, like, months. They eat on very little. They don't sleep. They don't, they, because they've trained their body into not needing worldly things you know that's why they're mostly all skinny you never see a fat monk <clears throat> at least not a fat buddhist monk you see the fat belgian monks but they drink a lot of beer but the statues of the buddha are fat. what's that right because right the statue of the buddha were fat right he's a, he's a chubby guy but he didn't 
maybe he's been living a bunch of lives afterwards, right? So maybe he got skinny. I don't know. And again, I'm not, I'm not poking fun at all the religions. We're just, you know, we're, it's important to be respectful when people are asking questions. Like you don't want to be a jerk or jerkette. But sometimes you're kind of like, well, how do we get here from here, right? How do, we, how do you believe that? Like, does it make sense? And you just want to blow out or blow out your flame. You just don't need anything. So, like, what's the point of life at that point, right? So Buddhism provides something that is true of most major religions, right? It's got discipline, values, and directives that a person may want to live by. And that's really what every religion wants. It's just a set of rules you want to live by. So society can function. That's what the atheists think. We'll talk about it in a minute, right? That's what the atheists think. That religion is just a way to control people, get them to follow rules, get them to do whatever, right? You have discipline, so... And you're just directing it towards somebody or something. Or in this case, nothing, I guess. Because you really want to let go of all your yearnings towards sensual desires and the attachments to oneself. You're just... You just cut the string and you float off like a like a helium balloon way up in the until you get stuck on the wire and get zapped, right? So again, Christianity and Buddhism Buddhism right, it's not about just emptying yourself completely, but you want to be filled up with God. That's what Paul says, you want to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. And so again, this is the difference where sure you can empty yourself out. Like, you know, I'm emptying myself like a, like a drink offering. So he was giving his life willingly to this. But the Holy Spirit was filling it back up. So you can be propelled to live for God according to what God wants, wants you to do, right? So the atheism is the last one. I don't have, a, actually, there should be a picture, I think, of the Buddhist, right? Maybe not. No, there isn't one. I guess not. No big deal. So atheism, kind of the easiest one. They don't believe in God. Right? There is, there is no creator. It's all science-based. It's all very fact-based. Um, and there's varying degrees, right? Of, 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 of all these religions, there's always different little sects and things like that that people work out. But biggest thing is that these people have no attachment. This is different from agnostics, right? Agnostics are usually the people who acknowledge God, or a God, or there's a being a lot of times, but they're, because they're not really, I think they're really not willing to commit to say, no, there's definitely no God, but they're not willing to commit to say, yes, I'm going to follow this God, right, so they're, like, they're kind of keeping their, keeping their avenues open, you know, but atheists are like, nope, there's no gods, this is it, this is all we have, we live, we die, so I'm going to live my life to the fullest, I'm going to spend all my money, I'm going to you know, sleep with as many men or women as possible, you know, whatever it is, you know, it becomes a hedonistic lifestyle, basically, where no, there's no rules, it's just whatever works, whatever I can get away with. A lot of time. Now, that's kind of the extreme, right? There's just some people who are like, I just don't believe. Right? So I want to make sure that not every atheist is like that, like there's complete jerks, right, whatever, but some people are just like, look, I don't, some people will tell you based on the evidence, but a lot of times, unfortunately, they have a bad experience in church and in life, right? They're raised, we talked about it last week, right? They're raised, a lot of times they're raised in some kind of fundamentalist or like a Catholic home. They didn't get answers they wanted because they're super inquisitive. They're super smart. And like, that just doesn't make sense to me. So they just say, they're, therefore, there can't be any God. But, you know, they, 
they believe in science. They think that, you know, nothing created something. We're all related, you know, as far as animals and plants and everybody. <clears throat> you know, so eventually, ultimately, we're, we're all from the amoeba, you know, I guess, right? So, and again, I, I, I'm all about adaptation. Species adapt to their environments, but it doesn't mean that we're, we evolved the way scientists like to say it. So the last one is that man is God. This goes a little bit one step further in a way because they want to say that I am my own God. Right? So this is New Age spirituality, New Age spiritualism. So this is all about your own power, your own divinity. And honestly, this is a little bit where the Pentecostal stuff goes, I think, sometimes, where you name it and claim it. Now they're saying, oh, I'm going to pray to God and I'm claiming it here, God, so hear me and, you know, make a Mercedes appear in the parking lot kind of thing. Now they don't get that ridiculous all the time, but I have heard those things on there from, from preachers, right, that type of stuff. So you get into this like, I'm a God, and so you are it. And so this this... You, ex you recognize, or the New Age spiritualism recognizes that there's certain things, like the secret, like there's stuff that goes on, right? I know that there's things going on above me, but really, I can kind of pick and choose what that is. I'm not really tied down to one God or another, right? It's the universe, right? Whatever the universe wills, whatever the universe makes happen, right? It's very generalized. Some crystals, a lot of times, right, you see these... The crystals and all this other stuff, the, 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 sage. the sage and stuff like that. And then, you know, and then you get into Native Americans where they have the sage with certain properties and things like that, right? But yeah, it's, it's, there's all these other factors that go on with, with, with this stuff because it's all about, and some of it, a lot of the religions, they have a smells and bells factor to it, right? Where, oh, burn some sage and it'll make this happen or do this and it'll make that happen, right? <clears throat> so... The universe as a collective is doing stuff. And it says here that, in fact, everything that the person sees, hears, feels, or imagines is considered to be divine. Like, oh, the grass was talking to me today. It told me to go to the store. Like, what? The grass was talking to you, probably to belong in a home, you know? And of course, so you see, but this really is the New Age spirituality. A lot of times, it's just grabbing everything it wants from whatever it wants or wherever it wants. Right? It's gathering it in so it has aspects of Christianity, aspects of Hinduism, Buddhism, all these things. And it kind of pulls them all in. And sometimes it goes into like the witchcraft aspect of like, like uh, the Druids or Wiccan and things like that sometimes. Where it's grabbing all this stuff and it's making up its own religion. Right? It's like, oh. I like this. Sort of like Mormonism. That's kind of what Mormonism almost, to me, falls into this category almost. He's like grabbing a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, he's making a pie just with whatever he's got. We call it Musco's. Or he's making gumbo. Right, whatever you got in the fridge, we're just going to chuck in the pot. Musco's? Musco. Everything must go. Oh. <laughs> <clears throat> so, it's, so we had every once in a while, we had a Musco night. And so the earth is viewed as the source of all spirituality, right? Mother Earth, right? The hippies, it kind of becomes a hippie religion kind of thing sometimes, right? The earth is intelligent, has its own emotions, it has, it, it is, she is a deity, 
right? But everything above, what's above that is self, right? It's us, it's me. So whatever I want, I can make happen. Whatever I need, I can make happen. I have control over everything. I have power over everything. And so you determine what power you give away. Right? And a lot of times that speaks to a lot of people who don't have any power, who've never had any power, who've been abused or whatever, like, oh, I can have my own power. And so that draws people in because, again, this is where you get like some of these more nefarious types that becomes like a cult. Right? Because they say all the right things and I can have power and I can have certain things, whatever I want. Right? So it's all about the breathing, chanting, drumming, meditating. And you develop this altered consciousness. And you think you're touching, you're getting in touch with the greater, the universe, right? Or your own divinity. You have your own power. Because right? even Jesus said he meditated, right? But it's not like this meditation where it's just he goes into like a trance. You know, he's thinking about God's word when we meditate, right? That's what we're supposed to be doing. Meditate on your word day and night. So you're not like drumming and doing this and going, oh, I got it, right? It's, it's no God, right? It's a verse over and over in your head. And you're like, what does this mean? How does this happen how does this mean what does it mean for my life right we're, that's what it means for us as Christians to meditate on something right? we're not just doing all these other things to put us in a state of, of uh, like different consciousness right? that's what kind of what they sell here with this stuff <clears throat> so anything negative that we experience as a person failure sadness anger selfishness hurt is considered an illusion. And believing themselves to be completely sovereign over their life, nothing about their life is wrong, negative, or painful. Right? It's my life. I can do it. I'm going to live how I want. And it, this can be very dangerous because you could end up hurting a bunch of other people. And again, this goes against Christianity because Christianity is about God and you becoming more Christ-like and becoming less like you, right? But here, this is, this is becoming all you and you on steroids, basically. Right, so I don't know if you know, Captain America, right? The whole, I don't know if you've seen the movies or know kind of the story, right? The serum that they gave Captain America, the guy, the doctor said, look, this amplifies you. So good becomes great, bad becomes worse, right? This is a direct quote from the movie. So that's what happens with Steve Rogers. He was like super good. So he became super great. And this is what really they're, they're trying to sell here is, is this is like, well, I can be super great. You know, so this serum, the serum they get is all this mysticism, the spirituality, this crystals, the psychic stuff. All that gets rolled up into make you this super person in a sense, right? And so they become a god essentially and they create their own world. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, they would fall under they would take they take Christianity, they take a lot of stuff and, and, and they take this and yeah, they take it to the nth degree. And they manipulate all these people because right, again, any negative thing is not real. Well you're it's, it's oh this isn't this isn't really happening. And again, life is real, right? You have to pay your bills, you have to people die, you know, people yell at you, you get sad, you get mad, whatever. 
Those are real feelings we have to deal with, right? We can't hide from them. We can't just pretend like they're, they're an illusion. But you play on people's wants and desires and things like that. We're like, oh, you can be totally happy. If this happens, it's fake. It's not really happening. But then they stuff those feelings. Because like, if somebody dies, you have emotions, right? You have feelings. You, maybe like your, your, your father passed away, right? You, if you just pretend like he didn't die, what, what do you do with that? You, you know, you can't process that that way. It's not healthy. You have to be able to say, okay, he's, he's going to heaven. He's doing whatever. You know, but you deal with that because it's a real thing, right? But when you're teaching these people it's an illusion, you're not teaching them how to deal with it properly. And in Christianity-wise, like, hey, look, he went to heaven. He got saved. He went to heaven. Like, all right. And, that's, and it's not just something we make up to make ourselves feel better, right? That's what atheists a lot of times will say. Well, you just can't deal with reality. So you make up this story. And it's like, well, no. Because the alternative I'm making up is going to hell. So if I would make anything up, I'm going to say everybody goes. Right? If I'm going to make up a story, I'll make up a good story. I'll make a crappy story where half the people lose. And that's terrible. I'm not a very good storyteller at that point, right? So yeah, so that's how they manipulate. They manipulate people. Like that. And so, again... That's kind of a high-level view of all these things. So if people are asking you questions, we can explain the differences of Christianity and what they have to say, right? Because, right, religions do certain things. They all do certain things, but which one is the best or which one is right? Well, Christianity is the one that doesn't have any, there's no stipulations. If, if they're doing it right, we'll say, right? Because how do you get to heaven? How do we get to heaven? Except Christ. So somebody else paid your way, right? It's nothing you have to do other than that. That's, that's, that's the easy thing. Do you want it or not? Yes or no? Right? There's no, there's no trickery. I'm not sucking you in and, and making you follow these rules afterwards. Ha ha! I gotcha! Right? There's no, there's no bait and switch at the car dealership. You know? We, we, said, we said 20, but it's really 30. Nah. I'm not paying for it, but you already signed a contract. Aha, right? <clears throat> There's no just emptying yourself. There's no constant rebirth and struggle until you get it right. You know, it's a yes or no situation. Do you believe or not? When you die, that's it. Based on your answer before you're dead, that's it. You know? So again... Being reincarnated until I get it right sounds way better, in my opinion. If I'm making stuff up, if I'm trying to make a system, I want to be reborn a billion times because at some point, some of those lives are going to be awesome, right? You're going to do some stuff right and be like rewarded. You're going to get to live in a mansion or something. It's like, woo! You're not going to be poor every time, right? So again... The system of somebody dying for you and your sins does not make sense for a way to have a belief system. But, and that's, that's part of what makes it the most realistic is because that doesn't seem right. Everything else is, you can tell is very much man-made because it has elements of either being punished 
or having a way out that is all about you. Because everything here, other than Christianity, is man-centered. Right? Christianity is the only one that is God-centered. Right? Because even Judaism is all about you and your ability to follow the rules. Until they totally miss the point of Jesus. Now, I've seen some things that they're translating the New Testament into Hebrew... And the Jews are reading it and they are converting rather quickly. Just like Isaiah 53, that they don't read it in their synagogue, supposedly. Because that is the chapter of the suffering servant that is like a word-for-word account almost of what happened on Jesus' crucifixion. Right? So, I'm not going to tell you that that was foretold 600 years or roughly 600 years before Jesus died. So that was already in the book. It's already foretold hundreds and hundreds of years before. And it wasn't rewritten either. They know that it wasn't rewritten to make the story line up either. They know that Isaiah is what it was at the time of Jesus because they have copies that go back hundreds of years prior, like seven, six or seven years prior. So they know that, that was, that's the text. right? So we talk about the Bible stuff. That's how we know. There's certain things that are already done and written and and solidified in the canon that predict stuff that happens half a half a eon later or whatever. So, again, God is in control of these things. He's writing and telling people through the prophets of what needs to happen. So all we got to do is believe, and that's the easiest thing. On one level, it's the easiest thing to do. So was this information new, different, never heard this, never thought about it? Well, this information, this is interesting. I took a philosophy class, but it was a religion class. Yeah. And we studied the five, I think it was five Western religions and the four Eastern religions. Anyway, it, but the teacher, she, when people got really testy about certain things, it was mostly the Catholics that were... They didn't like the fact that, you know, they couldn't, she wouldn't allow us to have an opinion about our religion. So, hmm. she, so she kept it on track, but because it was a philosophy class, so she was trying to engage everybody and, and have conversation, but you couldn't, you couldn't pick and choose which one you thought was the true religion. So it was interesting, and so this was a, a lot of what we yeah. learned in there. Yeah, and that's a thing, right? In a class setting like that, you know, I mean, it's it's not a church school probably, right? So it's, I'm exposing you to all the information. So I get it. About, she knew a lot about it. She was an anti-nun, I think, and she left the convent. And it, by the end of the class, she, she kind of got the feeling that she was maybe, because they said, what, what what is your religion now, you know, and she never really said yeah, that. Of course. And, and you know, part of it is you have to be neutral, I guess, from a from a teaching standpoint. You got to be neutral. You can't say, "Oh, this is." At least I don't know. To me, I think you can, at least at the very last day or whatever kind of thing. Like, look, hey, by the way, I'm a Baptist or whatever. You know, but yeah, it's it's and again, this is it's important for us to understand the other religions, like because again, people are the same question, right? It comes back to the same question: what makes Christianity right? And mine wrong, right? If I'm a Hindu or a Buddhist or whatever. 
right? Like what, why? Why should I get on board with that? Right? And so these, these things that we talk about that are in the Bible that we talk about almost every Sunday, that's why, right? Because no other religion has these things. They don't have it set up that way. And again, if I'm setting up a system, any of these other man-made religions would be way easier if I'm a man making it up. What about you guys? Any, anything else about information-wise? Like, or Did you learn something, I guess, maybe is the best question? So imagine we're not meeting too many Muslims or Hindus around here. But there are there are the Muslims are being converted rather quickly as well. A lot of it's women's. Iran Iran has a huge underground church. We were watching something, some documentary thing, and they were the funny thing is that they were the guys that were doing it. They were like drug runners and gun runners at one point. So they knew how to navigate the underground systems. So they, they had gotten converted to Christianity. And so they were using that same like techniques to start churches and things like that. And get people saved. All those other things, right? It's pretty, it was a pretty crazy documentary. It's pretty cool. Well, we have a mosque in the town with us. So there's probably an active yeah. Muslim community up there. Yep. And I know in our travels back east, we saw several mosques. Right, yeah, because in Detroit... Uh, I think Tennessee, Minnesota, right? There's a lot of like uh, well, where Omar, Ilan Omar, whatever, right? There's a huge uh, uh, Somali population in, in Minnesota, huge Muslim population in Detroit. I think Tennessee, they plunked a bunch of people down, right? So there's a lot of places now that they're bringing people in. So there's Greek Orthodox here in San Maria too. So where does that fit into this? So they are Christians. Okay. So that's so next week, yeah, we'll talk about. So we're going to talk about the different Christian denominations now, because right, because the next question kind of is, well, why are there so many denominations if you have one book, right? Because the same thing. What? How do you guys get the same different things out of the same book, right? And that's what people sometimes are frustrated by, and sometimes like it's not. So our our thing shouldn't necessarily be. We want them to come to our church and say it like that, but. But at the same time, getting them out of Islam or getting them out of Buddhist, Buddhism or whatever is more important. Getting them converted to Christianity is the most important part. Right? But, again, there's a lot of people who are Catholic here or Jehovah Witnesses that we will encounter. So this is why it's more important. But I wanted to start here with the bigger overall world religion picture first because it is important. And the next week we're going to talk about some of the differences between the Catholics to Protestants. Because the Catholics start falling into the same deal, right? They start they fall into them to the to the man made rules. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why we had the Reformation. Because there were people hundred and we'll get into it later, but the the Reformation didn't happen in fifteen seventeen with Martin Luther finally, right? It was even a couple hundred years prior to that. Right, where there were small pockets of people living up in the mountains away from the larger reach of, of the Catholic Church that said, well, this is wrong. Right? The Waldenses and some other people, the Huguenots, all those people, they were already, they were already becoming non-Catholic, non-Roman Catholic, I'll say, before the Reformation happened. 
right? And there was a series of people that kind of hit it all within a few decades of each other that really kicked it all off. And Martin Luther was kind of the, the defining thing because he was from the inside, right? He was a doctor, he was a teacher in this Wittenberg Seminary that started everything. But he didn't really want to split from the church. He just wanted to fix it. You know, then they arrested him and everything else. So, but, but we'll get into that. So, you know, difference between the Protestants, the Catholics. We'll talk about the Greek Orthodox because they split earlier on, like 1100s. Biggest thing, partly because kind of coincided with the Byzantine, the Roman Empire fracturing into two halves. And then... Um, the Eastern guys didn't recognize the authority of the Roman Pope. They said, eh, I don't want to follow you. So they made their own Pope. <clears throat> so that's what happened. But then you have, but that's why you have the Greek Orthodox, the Russian Orthodox, the Slavic Orthodox, the, right? Because they all, they're all kind of their pockets of, of their own, where they developed, basically. Sort of like Baptists, you have all the different Baptists, you have all the that that sign, that church there on Clark Avenue, that that they sold, it was a Baptist 